Okay. I think I found it. Now, this is interesting. So, this quote says, The in-season tournament will arrive beginning in the 2023-24 season. The event will include pool play games baked into the regular season schedule starting in November with eight teams advancing to a single elimination tournament in December. The final four will be held at a neutral site with Las Vegas prominent in, this, in the discussions. Each in-season tournament game would count towards regular season standings. The two finalists would ultimately play 83 regular season games. Winning players and coaches will earn additional prize money. So honestly, like I've said this before, truly, I, I never liked the tournament idea. The way that I felt about it is why don't you guys make the divisions mean more rather than creating a tournament? You know, like I really, really want to see how this looks. I also would like to really hear what the players think about this. So I'm sure Draymond's going to talk about it. So we're definitely going to, uh, you know, review. He, he already did. Well, on the pod, you know, I want to hear his I want to hear his full thoughts on it. But here's my thing. I get making regular season more important, but I think there's other ways to go about that. I think one, we could make defense important again. You know, instead of having like three dudes score 70 in the season. Oh, I'm sorry, y'all. Is it two guys that scored? It was two guys that scored 70 this season. My bad. We had two guys that scored 70 this this season and barely anybody cared. You know, it's like we're watering down the yeah, quality of the game. You know, the Warriors players like Steph, Clay, Draymond, even Jordan Poole, they can get high next year, okay? And everybody else can get high when they want to, okay? You won't hear the Stephen A. Stay off the wing, <laughs> man. Okay, so they can go get high when they want to. Uh, so I'm happy, you know, from all the players across the league and they stress and all that, all that drama outside the court, on the court. Uh, Everybody in their feelings, you can just after the game just smoke some, puff, puff, pass along, like Snoop. You know? They can all do that now. And peacefully. They don't have to worry about if I pee in this cup. They gonna suspend me. They don't have to worry about it no more. But anyways, I don't like this little in-game tournament stuff. I don't know how y'all gonna have to explain that to me because I don't understand none of that. The in-game tournament stuff. I do agree that hey, these guys can't be ducking games. They gotta play sixty-five games. MVs, Yuki, Steph, all of them gotta play to, to get that MVP, Defensive Player, and all the other awards. I do agree. I just wonder if it affects All Star, but um, I do agree with that. You gotta play games. You can't just win, play thirty-six games and win MVP. <laughs> but uh. So I am, um, I agree with that, you know, but my favorite part was hearing this morning about the weed thing. It was just, I just thought it was funny. Um, and yeah, yeah, that's it. Well, Malia, I would say to a couple of the things you said, you mentioned the players not being prohibited from using marijuana. That is really funny to me versus the, a lot of the stuff that they lost. 
honestly like it's crazy it's like here we'll let y'all smoke weed but we're gonna make it way harder for you guys to get contract extensions all that because i'm really curious like what went on in that negotiation because it feels like the players got hosed they absolutely got leased robbed all of that like it doesn't even look like the the players like got much in this negotiation it seems like the owners completely dominated this negotiation so it's like okay you you don't prohibit weed anymore right but at the same time i'm curious hold on we got a little feedback i'm curious why they chose 65 instead of like 60 because there's 82 games so it's like 65 just ticks it up enough to where it's like a dude that's out because of injuries or whatever if it's a few more games guess what that could be tens of millions off of their contract because you know they like to put in the kickers into the uh trades or the not trades but the contracts they sign where it's like okay if you get all nba we'll give you this boost or you know what i'm saying like i i don't know man i feel like i feel like maybe there should have been some type of caveat where if it's if it's an injury absence you know maybe it's different than like load management or something i don't know what y'all think about that but it just seems like there's not a lot of wiggle room for the players but there's a lot of wiggle room for the owners to not pay the players yeah. sorry cm but that's why i think Draymond was tripping this morning on twitter right right exactly and i'm just like cj mccullough like were you secretly working with the owners my guy because like what did they do pay you under the table like i don't know because i'm just like if this is the best you can do at advocating for the players they're about to elect you out like the next time that the there's a election or vote for who's the president of the players association they're getting cj mccullough out of there dude because there's no way any of us thought yeah he's the president um it was Kyrie and I think Andre Iguodala but you know they're not in that role anymore so yeah I think he was involved at some point too but I wanted to talk about the other thing you talked about Malia um didn't you talk about the tournament hold on because I got some of the tweets pulled up here Oh, here it go. There it is. I got the list for you. I got the list of the awards. <laughs> right? I mean, I low-key feel like he would have done a better job. Okay, so you were asking about the All-Star and stuff. So it's not, apparently it's not All-NBA. So it says the awards in the 65 games to be eligible. So it's for individual, major individual league awards quote unquote so that includes mvp most improved player defensive player of the year six men of the year and rookie of the year okay well that's a little bit better than what i initially thought that it was going to be like all of the awards that's not that's not too bad honestly 65 games to get those that's not too bad i'm glad that they actually defined it because for me it felt like certain players got penalized for not playing a certain amount of games for these awards and then when they did play that amount of games it was another reason why they couldn't get it person that comes to mind is joel Embiid. 
multiple times they said he couldn't get MVP because of the amount of games he played. Then when he played more games, he wasn't even really in contention like that. Um, defensive player of the year, I'm glad they defined that. You know, that's at least makes it fair so we have something solid to go off of instead of it just being willy-nilly based on what the voters want to decide. I am overall glad that they're trying to do something to somewhat like give some stability to the voting process but honestly i still feel like they could do more i don't know what you guys think about this but honestly i feel like the criteria for mvp changes every year and we've heard multiple voters basically say it's based on narrative i would have liked to see them at some type of like criteria or some type of solid like a rubric or something so that we could have you know some type of consistency with the mvp like if you want to have like a little box on there for narrative and you put like a score on there between like one and five you know who has the best narrative okay if you want to throw the storyline in there you can but there should also be something for maybe like a box for efficiency or a box for like the team um place or something and maybe like you know some type of other metric i'm just throwing ideas out there but i wish there was a little more consistency with with that but part of me also feels like the fact that there is no solid structure to the voting process for some of these awards allows the media to really shape whatever narrative they want with their votes and you know that could backfire on a lot of people getting awards but who cares honestly they're not consistent at all but i think that's in the league's best interest because they can honestly push whoever they want to push as the next this or that based on mvp all-star all nba because we have arguments every year about who should and shouldn't make it so i do think that overall the minimum games thing for the worst they have listed is fair but i really do wish there was just some more stability to that there was another thing that i wanted to read to you guys about the mid-level exception but did anybody want to say anything before i switch over to that part um i do just want to say i agree with your point that you know about 65 games um and i feel like I mean, why you say there's like some problems with it um but you know, just some of the stuff is like you agree that uh, also that you know some of the players, but you think C.J. McCollum and I forgot the, the lady's name will be speaking on the behalf of everybody better and really will be able to see what the players want to, um, you know, be in agreement. We'll say, but I'm gonna let um, Cook and Professor. Yeah, I just, I, I like this way, it doesn't have to come to the, uh, the footage to get, uh, another, uh, certain player in, you know, you gotta earn it for yourself. That's what I, one thing I like about it, though. Like, if you play this amount of games, and you play your volley out, you know, hey, I just wanna say no to that. Yeah, you know, I think it's fair. Were you gonna say, Barrett? Um, yeah, I, I definitely, I think everyone hit, you know, great points on 
on the 65 day rule, like, just for me, I guess, so, like, I said earlier that, like, I like the, the fact that they implemented that rule, um, just because I, I'm tired of, you know, going through a week and someone of you, I guess I'll just use MB, for example, just because mm -hmm. this narrative is on his head more than Jokic or Giannis, so I'll just use him because it's easier. Okay. But, um, you know, I, there were times, like, throughout the season where, like, I, you know, I would be watching games, I would go through the week, and then I hear, like, oh, Philly, Philadelphia versus, um, you know, Orlando, and MB would end up being, you know, cleared out to not play, either for some health reason, or just because they want him to rest, because, oh, well, we got a back-to-back, -back, so the rest because we don't want him to you know overwork himself on the back-to-back -back. right i just have i i have issues with team with teams and players you know going to such in, insane lengths you know to either preserve themselves or to rest and you know give themselves you know more and more and more time off which you know in their eyes obviously i can understand I can understand, like, why they're doing it. It comes from a good place. Like, it's, you know, they want to be healthy for the playoffs. They want to be, you know, they don't they don't want to get injured. They want to maintain, right. you know, peak performance. I understand that 100%. But I don't think, and again, I it's not their job to think this way, but I just wish that they would look at it or think of it from the fans' perspective. Like, we pay, we take time away from what we're doing to watch these guys. They make money, they, they make the money because of the fact that we watch them. We we dedicate so much of our of our free time or so much of whatever it is that we have going on in our lives to watch these games, to watch the, these all-star weekends, to watch the playoffs, to to watch them really, you know, play at the at the best level that you could possibly play in the world. And as a fan, that's what you would expect and that's what you would want from that in return because that's what's, one, advertised to you, and two, because, you know, for those of us that really watch ball and, you know, who for real or watch, or watch this game for real, we know what it looks like when guys are really playing the best and when they're really playing their best and actually giving the, mo giving the most that you give. Like, we know it when we see it. And I don't see that from, from such a huge percentage of the league, not just mm -hmm. players. But from just organizations and teams as a whole, like as a whole, it's a it's a mentality, and it's like a it's this foggy, vague, just you know very passive way of trying to be successful, you know, at a professional okay. level. And I understand, like, yes, is it smart? And is it is it you know like is it very is it is it does it work in in, in long term? You know, like idea. Yes, it does, and it's smart in nature. Yes, but at the same time, like I don't feel like as a fan, that's what we deserve to see. Like, I, I wish that these guys would would really try to play all games that they can. And look, as an athlete, you know your body. Like you know your body. You know when you're not good enough to play. You know whenever you're tiptoeing on the line of injury or tiptoeing on the line of something happening that could alter your personal health or alter. Your Performance or alter right. the course of your your season or your career. Okay, as an athlete, you know we, we have this understanding. We can feel it. We can sense it. Okay, like our bodies communicate communicate that to communicate that 
to us very, very well. And I wish that these guys would, would you know, really try to play all 82 or not, not necessarily play all 82, but any game that they're physically fit to play where there's not a risk of injury, there's not a risk of, you know, something happening to them that could alter their, their performance. Right. They, like, go out there and just play. Go out there and play. Do what you're paid billions and billions and billions of dollars to do, which is not hard in nature because you're playing a sport. You know, like, you're not out there. You're, you're, you're not getting your, your head knocked off your head. You're, you're not fighting. You're not, you're not working in some profession where your health is taking such a detrimental hit to where, oh, you need to skip games and you need to rest. Go out there and play. Go out there and put a ball through it that like just give everything you have to give days on days that you're physically not fit okay that's understandable and if it's legit then i'm I'm willing to give you that and more like you know take your time take take it you know take your you know do what you gotta do to get your body right but at the same time like don't cheat the game and don't cheat the people that dedicate so much and don't don't cheat the people that provide your life and provide the league with what it needs to survive you know, like as a fan, don't cheat us out of that. That's why I like that they implemented 65 games, you know, that minimum requirement to be able to, you know, acquire certain awards. Because you have to take into account, let's say a guy gets injured, and let's say he misses 10 games this season. So you're dropping an 82 to 72, let's say he's out 10 games for a sprain, muscle tear, bruise this, whatever the case may be. Out 10 games, comes back. Then what that forces, what that forces, is that what, that what what that forces what what that forces to happen is that now since you're taking off 82 and you're going to 72, then at least five that's 65 games. So that's a seven game that's a seven game window for guys to rest. If they want to rest, just if, if they want to take a day off, and teams want to restrict them on their play because they're playing a garbage team that they know they can beat. So there's no use to you know put their guy out there on the court to right. risk any kind of injury happening. That only limits that to seven games or five games if a guy's out for 10, 12, however many games of the season. Obviously, if a guy gets injured, he's out for such a huge extension of the stuff, a huge portion of the season, most likely the chances of him winning circle wars are going to be out the window. Right. So it's not going to matter if you're taking away also those extra games where they could be used for rest or you know, just to take it off easy because they're going against an easy team or a, a, a lower level team in the league that they know they can win without their best players or their best lineup. So I agree. I agree with the the idea and I agree with the concept. And I like the fact that they implemented it uh, so that way guys go out there and play, you know, every single single day that they know they can play and not cheat. And not cheat, you know, like they're cheating, but, you know, to just take it off easy when they should be going out there giving their best effort, you know. So that's why I like it. is 65 the right number? I don't know. Maybe they could have lowered it a little bit. I would have said like 62 games, somewhere closer to 62, you know, like yeah. That even mark. But to me, like this, this makes all the sense in the world, and I appreciate the fact that they did it because I'm trying to see these guys go out there and work and cook and really, really go out there and grind and you know play their hardest, you know, to win championships, win awards, and to be the best players in the league. That's why I pay to watch these guys. That's completely fair very balanced perspective you know i don't really have that much of a problem with the 65 i was just wondering like why why 65 you know how sometimes like in contract negotiations one side will want like 51 percent 
instead of like something being 50 50 that's kind of what it reminds me of that's why i'm like why 65 you know that just seems like another point in the owner's favor where it's like as for the players yeah okay barry we were definitely gonna let you speak next but we'll just move on to the next topic so um uh-huh I was thinking like 60 or 62, like Barrett said. Okay. That's the amount that I was thinking. But the next part, yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking about. So the next part is about how the CBA is penalizing certain teams. So I'll read it out to you guys. Um, hopefully I can understand it right. I think I understand it. So this is the way this article reads. It says the new CBA has been set up to go even further and become even more punitive against teams who spend at a certain limit above the tax. One such penalty will be the loss of a team's ability to use its taxpayer mid-level exception. This year, that contract was worth up to 6.479 million since there was no chance that the NBA, A, PA, MBPA would budge on an upper spending limit as a way to stop high spenders like the Warriors and Clippers, this new CBA is designed to hurt them in other ways and try to theoretically at least level the field between the spenders and the spend knots. And then the rest of it reads, who will be the most benefited by a third two-way contract? So they've also added a third two-way contract to uh like previously it was like two two-way contracts per roster and then they could p play 50 games but i see they added a third two-way slot which is interesting you know maybe it incentivizes teams to develop more but i'll just go ahead and read that part out to you guys so it says the inclusion of a third two-way contract will be a boon to teams who prioritize and are good at player development the two-way has been a mechanism to get rookies and young players onto a roster at a salary below a standard NBA contract. It will be interesting to see what the rules are for the two-way now that there will be a maximum of three per team. Under this CBA, a player on a two-way deal can be with the team for 50 games and will make half of the rookie minimum. That's changed over time from when it was originally introduced and those players could only be on an active roster for 45 days during a season. Now, let's just go back to the first part about taking away the taxpayer mid-level exception. Now, it's very hard for me to believe that this is not a way to stifle a team like the Warriors. I've said this before, and I'll say it again in regards to teams being penalized for drafting good players. I don't understand the odds of a team getting the talent like the Warriors and drafting them and developing them is so low but yet they will still try to penalize a team like the warriors for drafting and developing well that is the complete opposite of what this product should be everyone drafts to get the next steph curry or clay thompson or draymond green or jason tatum or or joel Embiid or Giannis. you know everybody wants those players it's not easy to develop them so it's wild to me that this is implemented that really hurts teams like this because at the end of the day to me it's not a common theme for 
teams to have such high quality players that they successfully developed a lot of teams didn't even want to pay them so the fact that they're making they're trying to level the playing field between the spenders and the quote-unquote spin knots in the league is wild to me because these other owners are making the choice to not spend that money it's not that they need something to make it easier for them or more balanced they're choosing to not spend the money like look at okc they chose to not pay james harden it's not that they didn't have the talent they made a choice to not pay him and, and the difference wasn't even that much so it's not like uh teams that are spending more you know are the reason that there's no parity it's the owners that are willing to everybody said that the warriors would not pay steph curry clay thompson jordan Poole, draymond green andrew wiggins right and what is the first thing they did in the offseason they signed jordan Poole and wiggins to extensions you know they said oh that would be too expensive because the other owners wouldn't be willing to pay it but the warriors owners decided you know what we're gonna just cough this money up because we want to continue to give ourselves the best chance to win and we want to pay the players that we have developed everybody said andrew wiggins was a bust i'm not forgetting that people were on tv saying oh my god why would the warriors make that trade he was trash to a lot of people you know not me you know i thought it was a good trade from the beginning but a lot of people said wiggins was done oh it makes no sense for that the warriors fell off but because they have such a great culture and development system in a great system they were able to find a way to get the best out of andrew wiggins and he found a way to fit and play within that system and raise to another level defensively as for jordan Poole, he was a 28th pick and was almost out the league in his first year so this isn't just oh the warriors like are gathering all these great assets the reason that the warriors are even able to get some of these guys on the mid-level exception or the veteran minimum is because they have this history of being able to revive people's careers so it's not just all these other teams are doing this how many other teams have truly invested in their g league the way that the warriors have you know we can maybe count on one hand a few teams but the 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 kind of the connection that they have between their g league team and their g league players and the main team is really beautiful like that is development to the fullest you know they sent jordan Poole down there they sent jonathan kaminga down there they sent uh james wiseman down there they sent moody down there pbj a lot of other teams are not sending their players down to the g league to develop so and they're not getting these two-way players that are able to make an impact that is credit to the system that the warriors have the players that they have the coaching staff in both the g league team and the main team but yet we're making this issue about money rather than other teams not wanting to invest into their g league programs not wanting to invest the money into paying these players that they develop it's always a quote-unquote decision between this guy and that guy it's never that they want to pay both of them or it rarely is unless they're two veteran players you know like Kawhi and uh paul george but the issue is a lot of teams not wanting to truly win you know that's the issue to me 
it's not about the money and oh it's so unfair you know like i don't know i just feel like they're making it about money when it's really about the culture a lot of teams don't have winning culture a lot of the owners aren't willing to pay what it's gonna take to actually win everybody said the words wouldn't pay all of these guys oh that's too much there's no way they're gonna pay it and they paid it it's not free they're still getting the tax penalty but i'm gonna let you guys cook and then i'm gonna find some of the responses that people have to this and see what you guys think about it but what do you guys think go ahead malaya yeah, go ahead. They said we wouldn't Yeah, they said we wouldn't have been able to sign someone like Dante DiVincenzo in the offseason. Like that's the type of thing, or we wouldn't have been able to get someone like Otto Porter Jr. So, in the future, do you think, like, people like to, to keep this core intact, who do you think we're going to be giving up? I'm not sure, honestly. I would need to I would need to talk to somebody that's more well-versed in this uh, CBA and contract stuff because I don't know exactly who it would affect. So, I can't answer that until I understand that part of it. Okay. How did you feel about the playing, or not the playing, but the new tournament they're uh, trying to implement? It makes no sense. Like, I'm thinking about it, and it's like a college tournament or a high school tournament. Like, I know what it is, but it just makes no sense. Like, if you have a tournament and, you know, you crown, you know, and 500 players, so that's... So it's like a high school, like, you know, like if you think about high school, like they have like a Christmas term and MLK term. So is it like that? Yeah, yeah, it's like that. Oh, Lord. Oh, it's <laughs> a waste of time. Come on now. I mean, I'd rather watch the world than that match. <laughs> <laughs> the winner gets uh, $7,500,000, uh, 7.5. So it's, it's. Is that for the whole team? Is that divided by the whole team? See, that's what I'm saying, bro. Like, they're, they're not going to care about no 500K. These guys are making, like, multi-hundred million dollar contracts. Who cares about 500K, bro? They make that in, in three hours of playing a game. Like, they make that a game. Or, if actually, no, that's a lie. They make millions and millions in, in a game. Like, 500 to play a whole tournament for? Like, dude, these guys are rolling their eyes. They're laughing at the fact that's even out there. That's not as either an option for them or the fact they have to go through that. Like, I guarantee you, these guys are like, bro, this is always fine. Like, the, the fact that they're trying to implement something that's so, that to the player's perspective, is like so counterproductive or just not even working. Like, they're really going out there to try and like give their best effort in completely goes against like the whole purpose of, of, what they're trying to do with the tournament it goes against everything that they're trying to implement with the tournament like they're shooting they're, they're shooting themselves in the foot with the fact that they're yep. trying to put this this plan into motion like this whole this whole this whole schedule this whole routine of uh, this new end game this new mid-season tournament but they're 
not even surrounding it around the necessary, with the necessary, you know, the benefits, rewards, infinite resources they can use, like with the tournaments to really make it beneficial to the player. It's a waste of time. Like if I'm making, if, if I have a contract worth two hundred and fifty million dollars, and you're telling me that I have to play forty-two games, like I'm required to because of my team's position with positioning within the within the playoff bracket, I have to play this forty-two game in-game tournament, and you're telling me that I'm only gonna get five hundred k out of it? Please, I'm a bullshit on defense. I'm a jack up threes and average twenty-eight. Get out of my face! Like, come on, bro, come on. Now, my question: They said that it's gonna impact seating am am i tripping on that i think i saw that somewhere like hold on let me see if it, if it does i don't know like to like what degree like does it impact like because i don't know like what the the criteria is the relation between the tournament and just the regular you know like the regular season you know playoff bracket with the age game record i don't know how they're doing the math on that so i want to know like how much the mid-season tournament affects saw an interesting comment on this that got me thinking so this person said if you look at the wider perspective this is a wicked twisted setup designed to get better revenue to the league through gambling it's not designed to bring out the best team in the league this is not about basketball anymore it's about gambling as a sport and now i'm just like wait a minute you know what that kind of makes sense that kind of makes sense because bro ever since gambling has been like legalized more and more i just feel like the product has got worse and worse i don't know about you guys but even like players have been coming out talking about fans yelling at them and berating them about quote unquote losing them money because they didn't get this stat line or that stat line so that's one angle of it because that's the thing i'm curious about too barrett i'm like how significantly is this tournament affecting seating because when, when they just say like okay it's gonna count towards regular season standings like to what extent so when i find that i will let you guys know oh okay so so that everybody's on the same page with exactly what he's responding to i'll just read off like the main part he's talking about so the article says the nba is implementing a second salary cap apron 17.5 million over the tax line and those teams will no longer have access to the taxpayer mid level and free agency those changes will be eased into the salary cap over a period of years under these changes golden state's dante divincenzo milwaukee's joe ingles boston's danilo gallinari and former clippers guard john wall wouldn't have been able to sign with those teams last summer as a counter to those spending limitations the new CBA is expected to create more spending and trade opportunities for teams at the middle and lower spectrum of spending. There will be an open 
a opening of more opportunities in the free agent market, including larger trade exceptions. So what Draymond to me is talking about here. So he said, um, middle and lower spectrum teams don't spend because they don't want to, they want to lose. So increase their spending capabilities just to increase them. So he's basically saying you're increasing their spending capabilities for nothing because these teams don't actually want to win in the first place. So it's like, what's the point of increasing their ability to spend when they don't actually want to spend that money at all? He continues, they continue to cut out the middle and this is what we rushed into a deal for it never fails. So honestly, I can't wait to hear what he says. I don't know if he's releasing a pot today or what, but whenever he does release the pot, you know, I'll do a spaces just listening to it and then just kind of do a live response to it because you know it's kind of wild um and i would really like to hear someone with more you know kind of experience and perspective speaking on it um but honestly so that's interesting so hold on wait 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 i'm looking at the bill simmons tweet you added i love that the least... dead. Bill, bill simmons can be dead he said i love that CBA way to get two NBA teams to play 83 games. We need to go back to the 72 game schedule, and they did the opposite. Well done. I just think it's funny how he's like, like Dave Chappelle style, just flaming the league with this new CBA and the fact that two teams are gonna play 83 games, and it has no benefit to the regular season as a whole, and it's actually more detrimental with all these stipulations that they put in there, except for a couple that are like not that bad. Like, I think it's actually pretty funny. Bro, that's... I'm not gonna lie. This is kind of wild. I mean, okay, so everybody has been saying, oh, we want more parody. We want more parody, right? So then when y'all end up with the Magic and the Utah Jazz in the finals, I'm not trying to hear nothing. I'm not trying to hear nothing because they say they want parody. <laughs> no no i was just saying they say they want parody but then when we get quote-unquote boring teams the viewership drops so they people say they want parody but yet the numbers keep showing that people like to watch dynasties and people like to watch super teams and people like to watch overall good teams so which one is it why is the nba trying to cater to this loud minority that's saying they want parody when the actual numbers do not suggest that that's all I want to say. Some of this stuff is mean or big. Some of these teams do not like to spend money. Some of these teams are cheap. As I say, to like the Hornets, they are, they, uh, Jordan is known for not wanting to spend money, and he's known for being cheap. So I don't get how that would, you know, but knowing Jordan, uh, hearing he's about to wants to sell a team and talk to the Atlanta Hawks people and yeah but he's known for being cheap and so I agree with this your point Sierra I'm gonna let Barry cook nah that's 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 a that's basically just the point I was gonna make it's the fact that you know with this new deal and the stipulations that are applied with it and the way it's going to affect, you know, high market teams and high performing teams, teams with a lot of money, teams with really, really 
you know, big rosters from a name, a name to name perspective, you know, like, I, I just don't want to hear people complain, like, I don't want to hear people arguing or, or bitching at me about, man, like, 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 how the hell is Utah, like, how the hell is Utah in the playoffs right now, bro, they suck, like, like, no one likes Utah, Utah don't even got no good players, they got no all-stars, oh, they even get yep. the playoffs, or, you know, saying stuff like that with Orlando, saying stuff with teams, like, the like, like, literally, like, like, because of the numbers, like, after, like, like, you crunch the numbers and you just do the math and you just, you just lay it out, like, and, and just look at it, like, down the future, because of this new deal, like, teams, as, teams that are as low and as underperforming as the Spurs, the Wizards, the Magic, my team, even the Rockets, like, now, like, it gives them such a huge a huge boost in their ability to be successful and have more foothold and being able to to reach certain levels in the reg- in the regular season record wise with their division and their area and the conference to even have a chance at playoff contention, which is crazy because those teams won because they don't play because they don't play well enough or they don't have the the pieces yet or they don't have the team that's ready yet, or flat out the owners just don't pay enough, whatever the case may be, those teams aren't ready for a reason. But what this does is that it gives these teams the opportunity to go out there and be given a chance to compete and to play for something that they, I don't like, I don't like phrasing it this way because, like, I just don't, like, I'll find a better way to phrase it later, but they don't belong there. As of, as of right now, they don't belong there. As a matter of fact, they did before, doesn't matter if they might do in the future because of the moves that they're making and the progression they make as a franchise. But currently, these teams don't belong. They don't belong in the playoffs. They don't belong at the end of the season competing for a championship, competing for playoff, uh, for playoff contention. You know, for banners that hang up, you know, in their ceiling. They don't play good. They don't play well enough. They don't have the players to do to do so. They don't run their organizations the right way like they need to. They don't spend enough money that they need to. Their player development. Is not as good as it what it needs to be or what it could be compared to their uh, contemporaries in the league. They just they they have a lot of work to do. But it gives these guys a pass on all these areas that they're lacking, and it gives them a pass on all these areas that they either refuse to fix or have not found ways to to get these problems fixed and to have these issues fixed and to execute better as an organization. It just gives them more of a pass and more of a reason to just be, you know, to be below average or you know to be you know to be just you know, to not be to not be better, to not be better as a team, to be better as an organization, and to, to, to be a better franchise. It gives them an excuse to just kind of, you know, not have to deal with that responsibility or not to, you know, deal with that and suffer the consequences from that, you know, viewership, money, the fans, how big their organization is. It's, it's half the reason why small market small market teams are small market teams outside of just yep. the fact that that's what their city is. So like I just don't like the fact that it benefits hugely for low, low level teams in the league. I don't like that at all. And I just don't want to be here to complain whenever, you know, we get like nine and ten seeds making it to the NBA finals because of the Hamburg, you know, first, second, third seeds in the West and the East, including the Golden State Warriors, including other teams that have incredible rosters that come from both player development and from the organization doing their job as an organization. Okay. Because at the end of the day, spending money I don't, I don't understand what they I don't get the idea that the league is trying to punish these 
punish higher teams for spending too much money. They act like spending money is like what they want to do. I don't know about I don't know about Adam Silver and the NBA, you know, as an organization, but if I had to pay like millions of dollars to even own a team, they're telling me I gotta pay millions and millions and millions of more dollars to get these guys to play for my team just so I have a chance, not even a guarantee, but a chance to win a championship and a chance to make more money and a chance to, to bring equity and to bring fans to this organization. Spending money is not like like this easy thing that these these that these owners are do, these owners are doing or not doing. Case okay? they're spending millions and millions of dollars. Like that's not something that, that they can easily just swallow and go to bed at the end of the night. Like it's stressful. It takes up time. They they pour so much of the business into into uh, uh, paying these players and uh, setting up these teams these rosters to be the to be the best they can be to contend for championships costs a lot of money like these are important important decisions like decisions that make you bite your nails because it has there's so much money behind it and there's so much cost and effect behind it it's not easy to go out there and spend as much money as the warriors do, as the warriors do or to go out there and spend just spend spend as much money as, as boston does as milwaukee does to go out there and to go out there and pay the players that phoenix has on their team the chris pauls and Devin Bogers and kevin Durant. they don't like don't understand like why they're punishing people for one doing their job and right. two, having to make tough really really difficult decisions that have so much effect and have such a huge uh a huge influence on on the outcome of a team and the outcome of players and the people that that work for these organizations and the fans because of how much money goes into it and because of how much because of how much like that money could either have a positive or a negative effect based on if it was the right decision or the wrong decision to place to pay said person or to put money towards said thing. Like it's not easy to do. I don't know why they're being punished for that because that's stressful in itself. Like that's a lot of responsibility. And the fact that they're getting punished for that, especially a team like the Warriors, where it's not just for the money side and going over the tax limit, but they're developing guys. They drafted Seth. They drafted Clay. They drafted Draymond. They drafted Jordan the only player that they didn't draft that was of an all-star caliber player or higher literally came to them and Kevin Durant and they signed him and yes they won championships that was a, they had a super team they had a incredible three-year run one that was only for three years but two that's the one player that they signed that had a huge impact on their on their uh their tax their their tax spending their salary cap and that affected them so much in winning that it made it frustrated the league and it frustrated fans, it frustrated organizations. And I get that. But I feel like they're, I feel like they put this rule out there, this stipulation, because I feel like the league in itself, players themselves, and even fans to this day within themselves within themselves are still salty and still butthurt about the fact that that's what the Warriors did with Kevin Durant all those years ago. And the fact that they're still holding that that grudge and they're still holding feelings about that five years later, that was. Last time he was with you there, 2018, 2019. It was 2018, right? Yeah, it was 2018. Like, that's three, that's what, four years ago, five years ago that he was there. And that still has influence on why this stipulation was made in this new agreement. I just, I don't know. Like, I, I'm, that frustrates me. Like, it just frustrates me how they're punishing people for one, doing the right thing and doing their job. And two, because it's counteract, like, they're, they're counterproductive and counter and, and you know they're they're trying to implement something but the way that they're doing it is doing the, the complete sole opposite of what they're trying to accomplish like they don't realize that 
like they're going against the grain and they're going backwards in motion when they're trying to execute with these with these stipulations in this new deal but it's doing it's doing the complete opposite even though that they're even though that they're trying to to implement these things like to accomplish more fair play and to accomplish more viewership to make more money as an organization like with it like the nba itself it's going backwards it's doing the complete opposite and they don't yep. even realize it that's what frustrates me but i mean i can't speak for them you know these are people in power that do whatever the hell they want so um, they do whatever they want but when they start losing, when they start losing money these next two years i guarantee you they're gonna do whatever they can to try and switch it up like they're gonna start making moves on the table they're gonna start writing uh, writing up some new paper I guarantee you in two years when they lose fans and they, and they lose money and goddamn, you know, Major League Baseball is making more money than the NBA <laughs> in two or three years. If it gets to that point, I guarantee you people are going to start talking and there's going to be some more papers written up and, and things are going to change really quickly, even though it's a seven year deal. I promise you that. Okay, so uh, what was the context? So they said Drew Holiday puts on his uniform. Oh, this is from uh, last year. So drew holiday puts on his uniform just to commit a foul and leave and is now 225k richer because he met the game's plate threshold in his contract to trigger the bonus so uh tom haberstrow said i wonder how many of these we'll see under the new rule of 65 game qualification for the certain awards and i just thought that was kind of funny because although it's like you know this is a funny little moment from last year it's like low-key though it got me kind of thinking the way some of these teams low manage players you know they want their players to get certain awards or the players want to get certain awards rather so i'm not gonna lie i wouldn't be surprised to see somebody check into the game for a second and then leave just to have that game on the log so they can meet their minimum but how do you guys feel about that do y'all think that's wrong for a player to do that because drew holiday in this clip he was limping so he was injured but he wanted to get that kicker in his contract that gave him, you know, 225K. So if you guys see the video, let me know. What do y'all think about that? Some examples. I got a I got a, a little tweet where somebody made a counter to it being a bad thing. So they said, yeah, this may happen, but getting zeros on your stats across the board for an extra game or two played will bring down averages as well not saying it's an even return but it's some punishment technically i think that's a good point so yeah players do do this and they have zeros across the board on their stats it is going to weigh down their averages a lot so i guess that's a good point yeah it should flew over right that right over my head i brought that up because i didn't take into account uh averages and game stat lines yeah by that tweet as well yeah yeah that was a really good point by them i think that I think that kind of balances out, to be honest. That balances it out to me because it's like if you're willing to sacrifice your stats and it's for like one of these awards, you know, if you get zeros across the stat line and you're still able to get that award, you know, trying to check in and do this, hey, like you got it. Now, I saw another tweet Um, on, okay, here we go. So this is from Black Magic, you know, a member of Warriors Twitter. I think he made a good point um oh first of all let me get to the draymond tweet that he was responding to because i thought this was funny let me add that one to the jumbotron so y'all can see it but someone responded to draymond saying pretty sure you won enough already okay so 
that guy was responding to um a tweet that asked what did the players win in negotiations and draymond got the little thinking face right so the person said pretty sure you won enough already and they showed a screenshot of his salary i don't know what point they were trying to make but they were not making the point they thought they were making so draymond responded to them and said brother this team is worth eight billion dollars it was bought eight months before i arrived for 500 million pretty sure my wins are warranted possibly should have made more next and i'm like dude why do people forget this i bring this up all the time i'm gonna keep beating this drum although i don't think that the owners are gonna pay draymond a max i think he still deserves a max because of what he's contributed you can't sit here and tell me that draymond was not a significant factor in this team winning the championships they did which is why the evaluation of the team went up katie when it came to the warriors if draymond wasn't there like and we all know steph is the the center of the warriors universe but draymond is also a huge part of that clay's a big part of that too so to sit here and act like draymond's acting entitled or whatever or or whatever like he's actually been underpaid that's been my argument he's been underpaid and he's probably not going to get a max contract for the warriors i don't know if another team will offer that but draymond's trying to speak for most of the players but this person's over here trying to make it seem like it's about his individual salary like yes relative to the average person 25 million a year is a lot but compared to what he's contributed to this team that went from 500 million valuation to 8 billion there's no way you're telling me any of the core players have gotten paid enough i'm putting steph clay draymond andre Iguodala into that shit we could really throw looney in there low-key but as for those guys like none of them in my opinion have been paid a lot or as much as they should be paid so if anyone could speak on this it should be someone like Draymond who has arguably gotten underpaid or even taken pay cuts in his tenure. Um, I don't know how many people remember, but he took a pay cut for KD to come on the team. That summer before he took a pay cut. So these people are not just saying stuff, but I wanted to uh, go to the tweet that someone responded to with Draymond. So Black Magic was saying, you know, people aren't getting that this doesn't really impact in reference to the the mid-level exception and those type of things being changed he said this doesn't really impact guys like draymond it impacts guys like dante divincenzo joe ingles and bobby portis and completely eliminates the quote-unquote middle tier contract from the negotiating table they'll be relegated to vet minimums to compete on good teams and i really thought this was a really good point and it has me thinking i'm like wait a minute i didn't even think about how that could affect like the negotiating on the players in like the the i don't want to say lower tier players because it's not in terms of their ability but more so like in terms of their contract right so basically this type of uh change to the cba with you know certain teams not being able to i think it's like if you're a certain amount over the cap or whatever you can't get the mid layer mid-level exception anymore that really hurts the guys who were in that mid-level tier in the vet minimum more than anybody because 
they're, while they're trying to hurt the team they're hurting guys like this because basically like this guy saying you have to take a vet minimum contract in order to compete on a good team if y'all get what i'm saying so i didn't really think about that angle of it but it kind of sucks because it's like you're making the players sacrifice in order to win you know like it's like okay if you're this good player if the team is good enough to have like a really uh high salary amount and they're over the cap they're not gonna we're not gonna let them sign you for 6.5 million basically at the at the mid-level exception we're gonna make you take the vet minimum if you really want to win and be on this team otherwise you need to go to one of the other mid-ass teams in order to get a mid-level exception are y'all kind of getting where i'm getting at with that Porter's a good one. Another good one. That's another good one. Player, he isn't a 
I don't think he, he stars, so Jordan, Jordan can be affected by it, even though he, he falls into the 7 8 conversation. He can be affected by it. But guys like Dante, Moses uh, Moody, if, uh, what's his name? If James Wiseman was still on the roster, James Wiseman would have been affected by it because he was he was coming off he was coming off the bench and he was playing in the uh, backup center, but he he wasn't playing a whole lot of minutes, but he wasn't inside that eight-man rotation. So James Wiseman would have been affected by it. You know, guys guys that are that are, that are on the bench and that are past that eight-man rotation, those are the guys that really really get affected by it like significantly. Um, it can go all the way up to your sixth man if, if it wanted to. Based on how the team's money looks, and based on how they signed, the, how the contracts were set up. But I mean, if I use my team for example, if I went to the Rockets, you know, Jalen Green wouldn't be touched, Kevin Porter wouldn't be touched, Jabbar Smith wouldn't be touched, Kenya um, Martin Jr. I guess wouldn't be touched. But like, there's so many guys that could be susceptible, susceptible to that to that rule. It's a very stupid rule because what it does. Is it basically it basically takes away that mid level player for me from a Hooper perspective and the work that they put in? Like I love Bobby Bobby as an example because I remember watching so many. I, I remember watching the last two or three off seasons of Bobby putting in so much work to try and be a better overall player. He got with lethal shooter and and worked on his uh, shooting ability, his uh, perimeter offense. Like he he became. Player. He got with lethal shooter and and worked on his uh, shooting ability, his uh, perimeter offense. Like he he became one of the best uh, people and shooters in the league from a percentage perspective after getting with lethal shooter, and he worked to be one of the best players in the league coming off of the bench. He's the only bench player that averages a double double. Like I just want people to I just want you guys to to think about that for a second. He's the only bench player that averages a double double coming off the bench. I think it's points and rebounds. And he's worked his way to get up to that to that point to where he can be that good of a player, even though he's not in the starting lineup. He's good enough to be in the starting lineup with a lot of teams in the league, and he's good enough to fit that eight-man, seven-man rotation with almost every single team in the league. And the fact that he's getting punished with this rule because he's not an all-star or a superstar caliber player, or he's not in the starting five, or he's not one of the one of, has one of the highest contracts on the team, and because of that. They can't pay him super big money, so they have to force him down to a veteran, a veteran contract when he when he deserves more than the veteran contract because he's a better player than that. Like that's what frustrates me is these guys that are like right in the middle of the pack, and they work really really hard. They're not starting lineup players, but they're 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 just right there to get in the starting lineup, and they're still really good players and they get decent minutes. But because of the fact that they're in the middle, they got to be dropped all the way down to the very end with the rest of the guys that play garbage time minutes, don't touch the floor, and don't get paid any money. That's what frustrates me because those are the guys that work the hardest to try and play as much as they can to try and make as much money. And now they're getting punished for it. That's what frustrates me. Facts, bro. What's good, Chris? Yo, what up, y'all? Um... Full disclosure, I have not yet read the CBA um, for myself, but for just from what I've seen, uh, you know, just kind of like scrolling the stuff Draymond was ranting about, I looked at some stuff on Twitter. Um, yeah, eliminating the mid-level 
except like the mid-level contracts it, it doesn't make sense not even to the owner standpoint Cause like for a player like Dante like since we was like uh, I don't know majority of us Warriors fans for a player like Dante right Dante was never going I won't say never it would have been hard to keep Dante anyway okay so uh, but what this what this CBA does in my opinion is it kind of forces and I don't the reason why I don't think I can even imagine why even the owners would even want this because you can't slot Dante in a mid-level contract even if you see him as a mid-level player so you have to either a underpay him when, but but if it's contract on a on a player on a for a guy like Dante who overperformed on his contract, there's no way he's taking that that money. So you're gonna have to overpay for this dude. Teams are gonna have to overpay for mid-level players, players, because there's no mid-level contract. So Dante now, if he was a 15 million dollar player and he overperforms his contract, he can go to that team and say, "I want the max." Because I'm not a I'm not I'm not a bottom level player. Clearly, like, it fucks stupid. over the it fucks over the owners and the players. It does it does nobody justice. It's so stupid. It does it does so now you can't even give this dude what you think you should be if you wanted to give Dante eighteen million, you can't give it to him now. Because now either you're saying he's a bottom tier player or he's a max player. Like it's no middle. It ain't no middle no more. So, so the fact that the owners agreed to that is ridiculous because you're saying every mid-level player is going to be on a down end when they come off a contract. For a guy, we mentioned we mentioned Wiseman. If Wiseman ball out next year on his contract, I hope Detroit got their pockets lined up because he's a max player now. You can't say, oh, well, Wise, you was injured. You're either telling me I'm a bottom center in the league or I'm a max center. <laughs> he's gonna, so he's which one is it? There, he's going to go out there and put up 17 and 9 and get a max. <laughs> He finna get a max deal. Like this deal is 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 stupid, dog. Like, he played Chris. Bro, that is such a good point. I'm so glad you said that because I didn't even think about it that way. This is why I like listening to y'all because y'all be making some good points. Cause man, I didn't even think about that, Chris. Gosh, that's actually hilarious. He's gonna go out there and put out like half the workload of Embiid, and he's gonna, he's get gonna go out there and be a walking double double and say, "Max me, please." <laughs> like, because there is he's no mid level. He's gonna get one fifty off of seventeen and ten. So, no, that is really dumb. I can't, I can't, I can't. Oh my god, I hope for real. That's just that's comedy to me. I just think that's hilarious. Guys that can come in and give you like a cool fifteen and five. Oh no, nah, I'm like I'm gonna need that. I'm gonna need that three piece hundred mil, bro. No, no better contract for fifteen so, and five. Like really? 
So if Wiseman does that and then he get a uh, four year one fifty, he basically gonna go and he gonna get thirty seven point five million just for easy mid double double a night. He has to. He has to Malaya because he's not a minimum player. Exactly. Like that, dude, he has to demand okay. the max. I see it. I understand. This is crazy. Like this whole CBA is just, other than the weed thing, is just crazy. He's not even a veteran. Ever, How can you give him a vet man? It's his fourth year in the league. Hey, like y'all ever like no for real no like literally yes like that makes no sense like now like these young guys also like technically qualify for a veteran contract. They're twenty five years old. Like. How does that make any sense whatsoever? But hey, no, like this this just came to my head. I think this shit's hilarious. Y'all ever see those uh y'all ever see those videos on like Instagram or whatever? That dude that be going to the clubs, he'd be like, hey, let me get fifty balls of tequila, let me get fifty balls of vodka, and fifty fifty balls of Hennessy, and put on his tab. You know who this is? This is Dante DiVincenzo. Two hundred fifty super mass contract. Do you know who this is? Put it on his tab. I swear to God, there's going to be so many bums in the league or so many, like, okay players in the league that are going to get stupid money or they're going to get no money at all and they deserve more. Like, this, there's going to be a lot of, of frustrated people in the league next year. Literally, I promise you, the league is going to be loud as hell next year. Put it on my mama, I swear to God. Bro, you know what? I can't wait. Okay, we got a few podcasts that I want to hear from. I can't wait for Draymond's pot. We're definitely going to do a spaces for that. And I'll probably have the spaces and then react to the video live on Twitch at the same time. But also, uh, JJ Reddick, I'm curious what he has to say about it. Because I really, really can't wait to hear what these players have to say. Because, man, there's no way that they're happy about some of this stuff, bro. Because, you know, a lot of them, they look out for like the the younger players like i saw a tweet with draymond saying like you know it's not about a player like me i'm in year 11 this is about the younger guys and the guys who aren't even in the league yet that is going to affect the most and i noticed that with a lot of the changes they like to implement it usually is those same groups of players that are uh you know kind of screwed over because you know kind of like how you guys were talking about you know uh, Dante DiVincenzo or a guy like him you know they're not taking a vet minimum bro so it's like you're forcing them to take a vet minimum if they want to be on a winning team which a lot of those type of guys usually do want to go to winning teams so it's like I'm curious what like under the table workarounds these teams are going to have for this because <laughs> you know that's the part that you know, we don't usually talk about because it's not on paper but we all know like these teams have stuff that they do under the table to keep guys on the team. So I'm curious how they're going to get creative with that to kind of get some of these guys to come on the vet minimum. But at the same time, it's just like, damn, bro, like that really does suck. Like Barrett was saying, you know, a lot of these mid-level guys are working really hard. You know, the other guys are working hard too, but it's like that tier deserves to be there. Why are you taking that middle tier, you know, pay out? And it's basically an extreme. It's like, you either have to play really good to where you completely overperform to where another team is willing to pay you more than a mid-level or the team's just benefit from being able to get a really good guy on a vet minimum. And I just don't think that's fair. I feel like that's too far in the team's favor. But I'm also curious, like, 
how they, you know, I don't know if they can renegotiate this stuff. I don't know if they have to wait till the next CBA, but I'm curious how much of this stuff will stick, especially like the, the in-season tournament. I still need to find the specifics on how it affects the seating. I'm not completely like sure on that part. I don't know if y'all have seen anything about that, but I really do want to understand that. But like you were saying, Barrett, the 500K, these players literally like will sneeze into 500K as a tissue. So it's just beyond me that that's the number that they came up with that would incentivize them. Are you serious? By the time their taxes are taken out of it, it's 250K. These guys are getting like multi-billion dollar brand deals on the side outside of the NBA. They're getting paid, you know, pretty much you know, some of them 500k per game, you know, that could help some of the, um, you know, lower pay tier players. But as for the guys who, not to be disrespectful, but the dudes, as Ricky G say, what incentive is it for them, though? You know, so I really would like to see that. But like I said before, I do not agree with the in-season tournament. I think it's very childish. Unless they're doing something like bringing EuroLeague teams over or like something like that to where it's like you're trying to expand basketball internationally and kind of get eyes on the game overall unless you're doing something like that i don't really understand the point of doing it aside from like that tweet i read earlier that was suggesting you know maybe for the sake of gambling or something like that but seriously like i just feel like we keep getting further and further away from what the nba actually is and it started with the play-in tournament. I already didn't like the play-in tournament. I still don't like it because I feel like it rewards these other teams too much. But like the teams that are not trying to win, why do they still get to have a chance as the what ninth and tenth seed over teams that work hard to get their seating? And then you add this other childish ass tournament in there. I'm just like, what are we trying to do? It's starting to feel like this is play basketball like this is not even real basketball anymore i don't know what you guys think about it definitely let me know because i'm not feeling it tv and the owners want more money that's that's the that's all this stuff is the the with the the mid-season and the play-in they just want some more money hey also one thing What's up, Aaron? Hey, also one thing that I wanted to point out is personally, one of the one of the things that I that I feel like is gonna be affected like come next season, whenever these rules are like really in full effect, is player on player uh recruiting. That's what I'm also curious to see because 